Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Do you ever feel stuck um, as a leader? Do you sometimes see yourself similar to a car that's stuck in mud? Everything is moving, those are spinning, and um, there's quite a lot of movement. There's mud splitting <laughs> all over. However, the car is still stuck in one place. And the truth of the matter is, oftentimes we find ourselves as leaders stuck. We do have external outward movement, but internally, in terms of what we want to pursue and do, we feel stuck. And I'm so excited for this amazing podcast episode we're going to be having today with a phenomenal leader, a trailblazer, um, who actually um, prides herself in so many amazing things that she does. Um, but one of my thoughts, uh, big ideas that I have of her, she's been leading from like back in the day. So back in school, she was literally the head girl. And she was a leader when leadership to us was like, not even fashionable, it was like, okay, head girl. So it was this person whom we'd look up to with a colorful blazer with all these badges. And we've seen her over the years grow into that and lead in different sectors. And she's currently um, hosting an amazing morning show on one of the big um, popular radio stations in Mpumalanga. She's worked for SAPC and she's really quite done quite a lot, which we'll speak to. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, won't you help me welcome on today's podcast episode, Mpumi Mbete. Thank you so much, Mpumi, for joining us and welcome to Take Your Lead podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I often follow the podcast and I was surprised at the invite. So I, I'm truly, truly humbled. I've seen some of the guests you've had and I've seen some of the snippets you've shared on leadership and I feel very honored. Thank you so much, man. You are such an amazing leader. I've had the opportunity more recently to work with you on your amazing uh, morning show program. You actually have the voice for this thing and I'm actually trying to twist the arm to do it over for me for our 2022 podcast and chances are I might win. So look out for this amazing voice. But for me, just maybe to tee it off, uh, to jump into our amazing episode today, maybe just to learn um, from you. I know part of what we'll talk to is being stuck in leadership. Um, some of the transitions that you've made uh, in your leadership journey that have ended you where you currently are now as a leader? I don't think I've ever thought of myself as a leader. Um, and simply because I'm more of the argument that leaders are truly born, even though I believe they can be bred, but they're more often born and which is why I was naive to the concept because of things that come naturally to me instinctively that I'm not aware that there's a title behind what feels so natural, uh, instinctive on my side. When you took me back to high school in that intro, again, even there, I was not aware that I had the qualities until a teacher identified that and nudged uh, me into that direction. So often born leaders are they are launched 
into leadership. They are born leaders, maybe naive to their leadership and just go about their ways. I think Jesus was launched into leadership in his 30s. Uh, so often they are launched. And then, of course, we have those who claim leadership and love the title and maybe lack in the qualities or the characteristics, which again, with a passion, they can be taught. I really have never thought of myself as a leader, but um, I think the awareness came with when people are either inspired by you or persuaded by you. So it could be on the playground, it could be in the sports field, or it could be in a, a workplace environment. I often surprisingly shy away from title positions, but you do naturally end up leading within a team because you get frustrated by things that are not done or not done right, or you, you get inspired by motivating others uh, to participate. So uh, I might not be conscious of the term at all times, but I'm naturally inclined to communicate and encourage others to participate, motivate others to finish the course, or even being you know, an accountability buddy for others within the team. And somehow in the same spaces, people also um, are drawn towards you and those qualities and they respond to them. So let me wear it. I am a leader. You are a leader and you said something so profound as to how um, there are certain qualities that you possessed and possibly you're not aware of, but they began mm -hmm. to just surface. Maybe speak to us, well, what are some of those qualities that um, set a born leader from? Because I strongly believe as the nature versus nurture debate, that in as much as people are born leaders, you also spoke to those who can grow and learn into becoming a leader. What are some of those qualities that you would say allow someone to rise and be distinguished as a leader? The one quality is the ability to share a vision and um, in an inspired way that it draws others to want to participate in that vision. Because, mm -hmm. you know, how you share it, one could say, <sighs> Uh, it, it, it's, it's an individual aspiration. But when you get people to buy into it, I think only leaders have that ability to share a vision that others buy into. And in order to do that effectively, I think an important quality that we should all have, but leaders all once again happen to have an extra portion uh, of it is good communication skills, um, both sending and receiving the message. Um, and, and, and that's the one thing that I, again, was not aware was a talent per se until somebody was willing to pay me for it. And I thought, well, I've been talking forever for free. Ask my teachers, nobody paid me before. If you told me that my voice was my invoice a long time ago, I would have skipped varsity altogether. But um, communication is definitely a skill that I think should be taught as as you know as young as crash level from as soon as children are able to speak which mm. are two different things as soon mm. as children are able to speak i think they should be instilled with crafting or polishing their ability to communicate effectively to understand the nonverbal communication the tone and even how you use pauses and and voice dynamics those things are powerful and they can boost one's confidence. I can walk into any room 
with CEOs or students alike and adapt to my audience, how I communicate with them. And I think that's a quality that a good leader should have. Um, a good quality to have, I think, an equal measure of assertiveness and compassion. Uh, I think leaning heavily to either side can, can slow down a team because you'll find others will take advantage of a leader who's too compassionate, if there is such a thing, uh, if there's not that balance of assertiveness. While I understand and, and can sympathize with you, I will still hold you accountable to the commitment that you've made to the team as, and, and, and push the collective vision. So I think an equal dose of that is a good leader. And I, when I think of leadership, I think of one man I've worked for twice in my lifetime, both in broadcasting, first at the SABC, um, and then in recent times at Rise FM, he then went back to the SABC, but has since left broadcasting. And I think that's one man with born leadership qualities that he too can't understand. One that he has that I think can't be taught, and I don't know how you earn it, is charisma. Good leaders are charismatic. They're easy Absolutely. to just, they're lovable, they are relatable, there are things that cannot be put in a test book. Uh, mm. you, you could study leadership all you want, you could work on your communication skills, but that charismatic quality, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's just favor. And some people have, have um, a good measure of that. He had that, and with it, he had the ability to be very stern, very strict, but you could not hold a grudge or hold it against him because of this, you know, manipulative, charismatic side to him, um, which made him a fair man. And we could all see that. Uh, I think when I look at a leader, if I were to disqualify a person from leadership is inconsistency. Mm. And, and that speaks to one's character. So mm. you'll find that a good leader is consistent. If they are fair, they are fair to even the ones that you think they like a bit more than others. They will be consistent in how they apply the rules and how they show up in their commitment, in their character, in their values and the virtues. It will be to see uh, their values because of the consistency in the pattern of their character. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You've literally shared a mouthful in terms of um, the qualities <laughs> that distinguish leaders. I love that. I'd like us to double click on something that you said. You spoke to a compelling vision, uh, communication, which is what we'll get back to, a balance between assertiveness and compassion, the charisma. Um, the fairness, the uh, consistency, and you spoke to some of the things that disqualify leaders. Uh, part of what you do is broadcasting and um, you use communication. Maybe three tips within communication, a handbook, your back pocket tips. Uh, I've seen you uh, MC huge crowds. I've seen you speak to an audience of one in terms of radio. How do you do it? How do you move from this huge room of people to speaking just to one person to speaking as a mother to your daughter to speaking to just three um back pocket for any communicator because as leaders we are communicators the one thing is self-awareness because often 
um, the lack of your your awareness is what discredits you to any audience before you even open your mouth. But when mm. you are aware of your strengths and you're aware of your weaknesses, you can make both work to your benefit. Um, mm. And the lack of self-awareness also makes us lack confidence. Because I'm mm. not aware of what I'm good at, um, I assume everybody else is better at it, walking mm. into a room. So I said earlier, I can walk into an audience of CEOs and speak with the same level of confidence as I would to uh, a group of teenagers, which are my worst audience, by the way. <laughs> they are honest critics. They will let you know. <laughs> so I actually would prefer a very formal corporate not laughing any joke audience over the very honest, we're not even sure why we're here crowd. <laughs> so I always you know, measure it that way. But the one thing is when you're aware, you walk into a room and understand that the fears you hold, the, the insecurities you have, the next person has them. So, yeah. and, and when you're aware of yourself, you will be willing to learn where you need to upskill, but you will, you will stand firm in your, um, where you are sure of yourself. I think there's, there's, a, there's a short clip on your uh, YouTube channel where you speak about blind spots, sweet yeah. spots. I think that level of self-awareness helps uh, to preparing, which is my second one. You can, you can over-prepare, you can under-prepare, but preparation is the ultimate confidence booster. When you walk in to speak to a group of young people about yourself, you are confident because you've passed the phase that they are at. You are confident, mm -hmm. about, confident about the wisdom that you'll impart to them. But if I asked you to speak to, for instance, high school students about money, you will walk in confidently. If I ask you to speak to um, the directors of JSE listed companies about money, your confidence shakes. The subject has not changed. Your awareness of your audience has changed. And what cushions that is preparation. So knowing your subject, being prepared will, will help you tackle any audience. Self-awareness, preparation. And finally, I think learning to laugh at yourself. I find it weird that people are so, so rigid about coming across as perfect and prepared that if you make a mistake, it throws you off completely. Learn to recover quickly. I often say this to new news readers that come in because there's the seriousness expected in the tone of a news reader that when they fluff and they make an error and you're so stuck on it, especially if there's a word you struggle with pronouncing, you get anxious just thinking that word is coming up. And Murphy's Law, when it happens, you will get tripped over by it. It's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. So laugh at yourself, learn to laugh at yourself and recover quickly from mistakes. My, my rule around mistakes is five, five, five. If, you know, it won't matter in five years, nobody will remember in, in, in five years, then I need to move on. Five minutes is all I have to move on from it. If I want to complain and cry and tell the whole world about it, I have five minutes curfew, then we need to move on because nobody will remember in five years and it won't matter in five years. Wow. That's pure gold. That's, that's pure gold. Thank you so much for that. So those three are a game changer. The first one you spoke to ensuring that you're self-aware, which will enable you to better prepare 
uh, there's actually a mentor of mine who also recently spoke to this prepare 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 you cannot yeah. over prepare it's a confidence booster as you said oh, and then absolutely. Laugh, um, don't take yourself too seriously laugh at yourself uh, it's, it's a bit painful at times but it helps <laughs> It goes a long, long, long way. Now that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Uh, maybe let's 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 transition now to 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 maybe a bit of your journey in terms of broadcasting and fresh out of school. Uh, you've done quite a lot of impressive uh, things, and which are just out of this world. And and speaking to where you currently are now in terms of what you are learning, and I'd really like us to double down on the idea of feeling stuck because i think oftentimes when you've done so much uh it mm. feels a bit to actually say i'm actually stuck i love what i'm doing mm. but mm. i'm actually stuck i'm actually stuck mm. I, <laughs> I couldn't coin my my life better this, this this phase that i'm in feeling in limbo feeling um i, I know my potential I have not peaked. I have not peaked. I have not touched the apex of it and not knowing um, how, how, how do I unstuck myself? Hmm. So my journey is shocking to me as well because everything when I reflect feels as if happened by chance. I was at the right place at the right time. I, I met the right person and I just kept making these links, which makes my feeling stuck even more difficult because if it was always by chance, what chance is there that I will stumble onto the next thing? What now? Because I have not always felt as if I was actively pursuing opportunity. I was not always intentional or deliberate about the next step. It was always like, okay, oh, great, let's see. So now that I'm feeling stuck, I don't have the confidence that I can pursue something and actually make it happen, hmm. which is scary to, to admit. Um, my journey started in varsity. I was doing my final year in my undergrad, I did a BA in journalism. I majored in sociology and communications. And I was in my final year in a classroom where of say 90 or so students, only 30 were attending full-time because the other two thirds were working or interning somewhere, getting you know that, that experience that we all wanted. And so you start questioning, was this the correct uh, career path for me? Should I have not just gone into the mines like my dad said when they were hiring women and left journalism all alone? Um, and I come from a community where there was no reference of broadcast journalism except, well, the people we see on television. And in my final year, I mean, I'm contemplating if I should even be in class because going to practicals was just the most depressing thing, seeing an empty room and all your friends, um, fellow students are at YFM, at Media 24. I went to UJ and Oakland Park. So everybody's just across the road, SAPC, when right. you are attending class because this is what your life has come to. And already anxiety about, will I find a job? Um, I don't want to do print and there's only with my music higher. So, uh, you know, 
who's going to fund my stay in Joburg if I don't get a job? And there was a, a, a British producer, film producer, documentary uh, producer, Ben Cashton, who owns Broad Daylight Films, who was coming to campus during our practical lesson to share a case study. We were doing media law and ethics, and he was going to share a case study for us about a case that he had with the SABC where he had a documentary that was commissioned by them. Um, it's called Unauthorized, Tabumbeg. But it was during a political shift where the documentary would have revealed things that would later unfold in the country. So the SABC then halted the flighting of this documentary. They commissioned it, they paid him for it, he, he did it, and then they thought, no, we can't show this. It, mm. it would be like um, future telling, and that would give away the politics of media and politics and how intricately linked they are. So Ben, being a former BBC journalist, uh, came into the country during the transition in 1994. He understood the politics behind, and he then went the legal routes to fight for his documentary to be flighted. I mean, I would have been happy. I got paid, I did the job and, and leave. He fought to force them to show it and won the case. And although the SABC ended up showing an edited version, which was well within their rights um, as the client, he then decided, well, I'm going to show the, un the unedited version on a road trip if you're not going to show it on your platform, which is how we end up meeting him. He comes to campus to show us this unedited version. And I had seen the edited version. And he reignited my passion for investigative journalism. He reignited my passion for this thing. So this comes at a time where I'm feeling stuck in limbo. Why did I do this? Questioning my, my, my choices. And here's a guy who's minding his own business, doing his own thing, sparking my passion. And from that experience, I was sitting in a, in a lecture hall where I didn't feel like I need to be there watching this. And at the end of the lesson, everybody flocked down to him to ask him questions. I went to the computer lab and I sent him an email. I Googled him, I found his email address and I said, thank you. That's all I said. Thank you for reigniting my passion for journalism. I was sitting in a class this afternoon and you came in and then, and, and, and this was in October, just before we start our exams in November of 2009. No, of 20, 2008, 2008, you know, age is catching up with you when you start getting dates mixed up. Uh, so in 2008, I meet Ben and um, I, I send, him, I send him this email and I forget about him. But just to backtrack a little bit, earlier that year, I was applying everywhere, like all final year students. I was applying for jobs everywhere. And, um, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a firm believer in nothing is by coincidence. All our steps are ordered. And mm -hmm. when you align yourself with your purpose, it, it's almost as if people, situations, events all work together for your good. I know these sound familiar, <laughs> no plagiarism, but um, so even the, 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 the thing that we miss is the step. I think things are ordered in cycle that you miss the step. Had that woman not stepped out into the crowd to touch the hem, she would have missed her healing. So most of us often don't step out, even when there is that um, intuition that speaks to you. When we don't move, 
God cannot order our steps if you're not mm-hmm. moving. It's steps, steps. Mm-hmm. not standing still. Steps, which means, you know, so I moved mm-hmm. instinctively in that moment, but I think it's, it's, it's um, that divine guidance that when you um, become more discerning, you will know. It's a very soft voice, but it, it always speaks to us, but we hesitate because there's a very loud voice that mm. cannot change our destiny. So it can only derail the person who's supposed to make the step. And, and often, sadly, that voice is louder than that soft guiding voice. And so without deviating, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and so I, I understand that my journey is not by chance. I also speak things into being and I understand uh, Habakkuk 2 verse 2. I write things down often. So I had this diary for 2009 and in it I wrote, I had applied for a job at MultiChoice. So I wrote my email address is nombumelelo at multichoice.co.za and there was a graduate placement program that I had applied for that they said, well, don't call us, we'll call you. They received thousands of um, applications, which is also a story I share. And they said they would start on the 12th of January would be the first day of this program. And so in my diary, I wrote first day at work, mm-hmm. where it says 12th January. Now, when I was applying for that multi-choice job, I was sitting in class Again, with my practicals at the internet lab, so I'm there looking online. And that site had been visited 3,000 times, over 3,000 times, and they only wanted three graduates. Hmm. And I sent that uh, advert out to the whole class in that group email to say, hey, guys, look out for this. They want journalism graduates. And my friend, I say this uh, in inverted commas, who was sitting next to me, says, Uh why did you send it to the whole class? They only want three. I applied already. How? Friend, I get that you applied and you are not willing to send it to the whole class, but you didn't even send it to me. So it's it's for me it's it's always a reminder that sometimes we are traveling with people and they're not necessarily for you. Yeah. Uh, but that also will not change what is meant for you. And my 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 motto in life, my philosophy is what is meant for me will not pass me and what passes me was never meant for me in the first place. So God has used a lot of people to get me where I am. And I've allowed myself to be used very often to allow because that's just how it works. If it was yours, it will not be in anyone else's hands. And if it passes through your hands, then it was meant to go that route. Um, yeah. But also what is meant for me will be. And when it is my turn, God will change the rules. He will shift people's situations and events to fulfill his destiny for my life. So even if they said it had been viewed over 3,000 times, if I was one of the three, then 2,999 must fight over the other two positions because this one is mine. And I declared it. I, I left it at that. I wrote to Ben in October, I wrote exams in November, and I went to the internet cafe every day in December to see if MultiChoice had replied my application. And one December, I found an email from Ben Cashton, two months after I wrote from him, wrote to him rather, saying, hey, listen, uh, I remembered you from your email. 
we are putting together a, a, a show, a television series, current affairs debate show called The Big Debate. Would you be interested to join our team? So that's wow. how I landed my first job as an intern on The Big Debates behind the scenes, which would be the perfect place to learn any type of broadcasting. I mean, I was the runner for the cameraman and the soundman and learning the cables and the equipment and the, the assistant to the researcher, building a network and a database of contacts that to this day I use, um, if not as a reference, but as, as, as contributors to my show. Um, and also being introduced to the world of television, which would be my first love. I just had an affair with radio and the mistress never left. So but television remains my first love. And I met a lot of people that would become mentors um, and colleagues later on. And my story is two parts. One, taking the initiative to showing gratitude. I never applied for this job. I was thankful for Ben coming. And that's how I stood out from thousands of applicants that had applied to him and um, showing up, you know, to that class. That's simply how I, I, I landed my first job. And while I was there for six months, we went up and down the country recording with journalism's grades. When I said I want to study journalism, my benchmark was Deborah Petter. Okay. Two weeks into my job, I was sitting across the table from Deborah Petter. I said nothing. I was in a room filled with think tanks and I sat there way over my head. So, so often favor catches up with us and we talk ourselves out of the room because we don't feel worthy of being in those spaces. And we talk ourselves out of blessings because we don't feel worthy because we don't understand what it means to qualify the unqualified. Hmm. Wow. I found myself in that room so many times where even the people are looking at you and I'm thinking in my head, Nami, I don't know. So I would love to answer the question in your eyes. <laughs> but even I don't understand how favor works. Uh, and I've been granted that many times in my life. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for the vulnerability and authenticity of your story. It radiates the, the, the goodness and the faithfulness of God. For those who are people of faith, I think they'll relate a lot to what you're saying. And I love how you speak to taking initiative and being mm -hmm. grateful and how mm -hmm. something as well as being grateful sets you apart from the crowd. It's like, wow. It's like, wow. No, man, your story is so amazing and so inspiring. So within the broadcasting journey now and having grown through the ranks to where you currently are now uh, with the mistress in between television and radio, uh, in the season of life that you're in now, where you're in limbo and you feel a bit stuck, uh, what would you say to someone who's actually feeling the way that you feel and they just feel like, yeah, I've done that, I've got that, I've got the accolades, but mm -hmm. I really feel more. Like there's this potential that I carry inside of me, but it's not translating into my everyday functioning. Mm -hmm. Sure. I realize in your question that I have found an answer, which I have been afraid to admit. And in 2014, by chance, I happened to 
land on Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I climbed and summited Mount Kilimanjaro and that's, that's a story on its own. Um, few years later, I bump into our lead um, expedition guide, Sibusiso uh, Vilani, who was the first man to summit Mount Everest. Uh, and he not only did it once, he did it a couple of times, I think. Um, and he summited Kilimanjaro many times and taken many people with him. But he's also conquered all the seven highest peaks in the continent, all seven continents. So, and he lives just up the road from where I am. And it's amazing because I didn't know this. I see this man jogging up and down and, uh, and he holds such, you know, uh, world records. I bump mm -hmm. into him at the gym five, four or five years after we had climbed Kilimanjaro together. And he was doing Everest with Sarah Kumalo, who would be the first black female to summit um, Mount Everest. And he says, you should mm. join us. <laughs> I nearly died on Kilimanjaro. Now I must go and attempt a mountain that is twice the one that nearly killed me that I'm still recovering from. And I said to him, no, but maybe I'll do Kilimanjaro again because this time I'll do it with understanding and appreciation for the journey. I don't think I was ready for, for it. And again, I'll say I summited the year that I summited. I only made it to the top because Proverb didn't. I went, Proverb didn't summit that year. And because he had to go back down, they took one porter down. We were one porter down. So I was sharing my porter with someone else that if I didn't summit, that person would also not have summited because we would have to go down with a porter. But again, that is a whole book <laughs> that I could write. So, but Proverb went on the following year and he summited. And he summited the year that, uh, I think it was the year that Kukuzulu died. Um, at the point where the previous year proverb had had decided to go down, so it's I don't think all these things are unrelated, but I may be too deep on that. So I bump into him and he says, "Boom, let's do Everest." I say, "This man, and I said, "You know, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do Kilimanjaro, I'll do other highs, but I'm not doing Everest." And he says something to me that stuck with me, and it could be the answer now. He said, Why do you always do mountains? You know, um, oh, I hope on, oh, should I? Oh, uh, I don't know if you can still hear me. Can still can you hear you. Me? I can still hear you. Oh, okay. So he said, Why do you only? pursue mountains you know you can conquer. And I think that has been the summary of my journey. Uh, TV was, sounded scary for a girl every week, but when I was in Joburg, it wasn't so far-fetched. So when I did that, it seemed like a big thing for a girl from a small Anyana town. But looking back now, I'm feeling stuck because I'm afraid of the Everest. I've done Kilimanjaro. I know the next peak is Everest. But mm. I'm not really stuck. I'm, I'm afraid of mm. taking the leap, the same wow. leap of faith that has led me to so many of the peaks that have summited. But now it's scaling. I am aware that Everest is twice what I have um, conquered wow. before. Wow. 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 That's, 
I, I think you've answered so many questions to yourself, to myself, and to the listeners, uh, Take Your Lead community. Because truth of the matter, in terms of feeling stuck, it's really, um, it's like I've got this picture as you're speaking of um, doing grade 12. And when you start school, you, all you want to get to is grade 12, where you're wearing the yellow jersey or that unique jersey that's different from the others. And all the different grades mm -hmm. are preparing you for grade mm -hmm. 12. However, after yeah. grade 12, which was like the highest, it's the highest ceiling, the next step is varsity. Yeah. And all that you've known and done, you are the highest in terms of grade 12, but you are the lowest when you transition to varsity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the gap of being stuck comes in, moving from uh, the high, which is actually really a seed for harvest at the next level. And then you do tertiary. After three, four years, you qualify. And then you actually realize, I don't know anything when you have to yeah. go into the world of work. Yeah. That key transition, I think, is very important and it's it's a game changer in terms of our approach and perspective to dealing with feeling like we're stuck i'm losing you can you hear me oh nice very loud in all right, I think I'll just keep my video off. I will just edit out this part, but we'll transition to the last. Yeah, I think, is it better now? I think it's your network because it shows that you only have one bar on my side. Oh, okay. Let me try and see if I can it's, change that. It's, okay, it's, is it? It's yeah. much better now. Okay. Is it much better? Yeah, I've just shifted. I don't know if that will help. Please switch off your camera again. Okay. Let's do, let's do the last um, question without our cameras. I think it will help with the bandwidth. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Crisp, all right. Awesome. Wow. It's such an amazing, I'm trying to remember. We're talking about um, shifting, you were making the, the example of high school and varsity. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. So that's then um, how one deals with, with, with feeling like this mm. perspective then becomes very important in terms of how you approach it. Because if you step mm. out and reach and leverage, as you said, the learnings from Mount Kilimanjaro and say, it was tough, but I was able to do it. What did I learn? And be able to yes. translate the next mountain, which is Everest. I think that's how you will then be able to reach your full potential absolutely absolutely maybe as we bring in our plane for landing in Bumi, um what are your thoughts any, any last thoughts or anything that's in your heart that you'd like to share with 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 the listeners just before we 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 we, we, we land this incredible episode and conversation that we had with you my my one thing that i i keep coming back to in in life generally is that talent is not enough in whatever field uh, or industry you operate in. Your talent is just sufficient to get you into the door. Your character, your um, and 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 other you know characteristics will either keep you in that room or even allow you to grow beyond that room and make room for others. So. 
I find a lot of people, especially in my industry, or those aspiring to get into um, broadcasting, entertainment, you know, be performing arts, they often, because it's such a talent heavy industry think that I've got a great voice therefore I will get a job I will be discovered uh, like Shalise Theron throwing a tantrum at the bank or you know we, we often think that the journey of being discovered in your big break will be the beginning the end of your career whereas people often you know fail to continuity in the in the industry is is cut short because talent is not enough. The, I think there's actually a book, a uh, John Maxwell book about mm. talent and, and speaks to why talent is not enough, what else you need. Um, oh, that's the other thing. If I could share one thing with, with anyone wanting to lead themselves or lead others, read. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. There is absolutely no way. I'm always astounded by a, an author who who wants to sell their books and i ask what are you currently reading crickets absolutely nothing how do you even expect us to read your book if you, who, who must read your book when you're not a reader there's you know for to even break that ceiling of whatever barriers to entry obstacles that you're facing read hmm. just read First, to upskill yourself, empower yourself, and then for leisure, all of it will add up even to your confidence. The ability to communicate comes from not being stuck. You know, your vocabulary grows from it. Your world knowledge grows from it. Your frame of reference expands from it. I can't count the number of benefits for reading. So uh, while we're at that, I'd recommend that you read on topics related to your craft. You can never know it all, and you can you can always benefit from it. And there's no excuses. There's audio books if really you struggle with reading. And one that I recommend that I read recently is "Don't Drop the Mic" by T.D. Jakes. I think you would also enjoy that one. Don't drop the mic. Um, I recommend Dr. John Demartini any day. Um, John Maxwell but if you never read any book in your life there's a very quick one hour read that you could um, I bought this book many times for people I've gifted people the book was 50 rand once upon a time and now it's just under 200 rands but it's called Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. John Spencer it's an old book the concepts are so easy to digest and applicable at any phase in your life in fact I'm going to reread it now and unstuck myself <laughs> wow Wow. Thank you so much, Mpumi, for um, definitely going to read. Uh, my wife recently bought um, the T.D. Jakes book you, you mentioned, um, Don't Drop uh -huh. the Mic. Uh, I think I'll actually take an interest in it and see if I can co-read it with her or um, just finish she's done. I think it's going to be one of my book reads for the year 2022. And thank you for sharing those amazing resources. Leaders are readers and be intentional about developing yourself and adding value to yourself. So thank you so much. This has been such a thank you. And we strongly believe that it has helped us to be unstuck and to intentionally take our lead in whatever sphere of influence we find ourselves in. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. I needed this. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Mpumi. We appreciate you so much. And to you, podcast family, 
thank you so much for tuning in. And we pray and hope that um, as you were part of this conversation and eavesdropping on this conversation, which was literally just a vulnerable, honest conversation and uh, the phenomenal insights that Mbumi has shared with us, that you'll be able to translate it into your life and that they will help you be unstuck and move away from those wheels that are spinning, but there's no movement, but intentionally be able to move and reach your goals even in the year 2022. Till we meet again next time, continue to take your lead. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.nzwandilemakakula.com. And if you're a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.